All right, hey, hey everybody, welcome back to my YouTube channel, A Past Crossroads. And I got a treat for you guys today. I know you ain't seen him, seen him in a while, but he's still here, right? So this is my boy Terry right here, uh, my mentor, like my my uh, my Paul. That's what I like to call him. So everybody need a Paul, a Barnabas, or a Timothy. This yeah. is my Paul right here, right? So uh, before I even go anywhere right i want you guys to go ahead and go to his youtube channel so vessels of victory ministry right so subscribe to this youtube channel like all his videos comment share them turn on the post notifications so you know when he uploads another video he's also on facebook as well his ministry right here vessels of victory ministry as well so like all his uh posts that he posts and uh share them as well and then also you can befriend him on facebook at uh terry j phillips right here right so uh, you guys know I have a playlist on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. I have a playlist titled Questions of the Day or uh, Questions from Social Media. It's something like that. I'll share that at the end of the video. But I got a question that was really good, right? So sometimes I get questions that are, like, really complex and are complicated. I actually got to do a little, like, research myself and study up on it before I can answer it. And this was one of those questions, right? So instead of me, like, toiling and trying to figure out the answer and trying to you know bear this burden by myself i'm gonna start utilizing terry because i got so many questions i get so yeah guys you about to be blessed by this all right so the question that i got on social media uh came from what the video's title it came from matthew chapter 9 verse 14 to 17. so this is what the question is and then i'm gonna read the verses right so the question was um uh, I got it on Facebook Messenger. Somebody messaged me, you know, how are you? You know, may you explain to me this chapter and verses. Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. I need to know what Jesus was implying. All right. So Terry's going to describe what Jesus was implying on Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. So let's go ahead and read the verses. Um, all right. So the verses. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 17. Then John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom, bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine, wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are pre preserved, right? So yeah, Terry's about to break down that question. So again, the question was, you know, can you explain Matthew chapter nine, verse 14 to 17? So sure, sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, it's like I was saying a minute ago before we started the stream, it's like Jesus' message was clear. I don't want the world to stay the same. Um, my ministry in coming to this earth was to liberate people and set the captives free. And the first thing that I have to confront is the world system and the religious system. And I think it's a shame because we have so many people in the world today that love the Lord and God fearing people and doing the best that they can in their relationship with God. But at the same time, they're so caught up with legalism and works driven, you know, 
relation, uh, religion that they don't understand that it's all based on relationship and coming to Christ just as you are and allowing him to fix you up. Um, I had a, I had a um, talk with a friend of mine the other day and, you know, I explained to him that we have to make the conscious decision every day to surrender to Christ. You know, we, we can resist God, even in, even though we're saved, even though we may be spirit filled, we still have to make a choice and a decision that we're going to live for Christ. And Jesus was always doing things to show the world who he was, what he wanted to do on the earth and what we can do through him, through faith in who he is. Amen? And, and as, as we go down in this chapter, the first part of it, we see where Jesus had entered into a ship and passed over to the other side. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of just lay, I want to lay a, a platform or a pathway to get to where we're trying to get to. So just bear with me for a couple minutes. But I like the fact that, that Christ always has a backup plan. You know, he's always trying to get us to the other side. He's always trying to move us forward and, and keep us from standing still and staying in a stationary place. God always wants us to progress and to move forward, you know. And, and here we see this guy um, who was sick of the palsy lying on a bed. He he was a lot like a lot of people stuck in their in their situation, stuck in their circumstances, stuck in their religious views of God. And Jesus has to show up and do something to kind of shake things up and change it. So I like how he um, basically this guy's friends brought him, this, this guy who wasn't able to get to Jesus himself, to Jesus for deliverance. And, and Jesus delivered him by forgiving of his sins. Oh, man. Man, we could preach for days on this, Sean where some people are just caught up in their situations because they can't get out of sin. Jesus doesn't want that for us. He wants us to rise above it. He, he wants us to know that we can live a life of victory right now. Okay. So he goes on here and then, you know, of course, Hey, you know, we all got haters, but we also got those people that, that, that are, you know, yeah, okay. Anytime you do something for Christ or God and God does something big in your life, all of a sudden everybody's got something to say about it. Want to, you know, analyze it and and find fault in it, you know? And here we go. We see we see the scribes uh saying that Jesus is blaspheming because Jesus knew his authority to forgive sin, but yet here he is standing in front of everybody who says that they know who he is. Forgiving sin because he can do that because he has the authority to do that and no one recognized who he was. And so they want to start to blaspheme against him. And verse four said that Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you why are you thinking this evil in your hearts? Oh, man, Lord, help us. Help us to get the message of what you try to do and what you're still trying to do through the church on this earth right now. And, you know, a lot of our issues and problems that we're having is because we're still trying to walk in the old way of life and think that we can have the new way of life. 
I, I call this message out with the old and in with the new. Terry, I want to I want to pull that out of you real quick. So that one right there, that part you just made, because like I think the most complicated part of this text is sixteen to seventeen, because that part don't make no sense really. Like I think the first part's kind of basic, right? So I'm gonna reread it again, but I want to focus on sixteen to seventeen. So like, uh, on in Matthew chapter nine, verse fourteen to fifteen, it's pretty direct. It says, "Then John's disciples came and asked him." How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your your disciples do not fast, right? <laughs> so John and his is this is John disciples. It'd be different if the Pharisees, Sadducees, or the high priest or somebody like that came to Jesus and asked this question. No, this is John the disciples, disciples. So you're only as good as your leader. Like so yeah. I'm pretty sure these and disciples, you know, these disciples, they knew Jesus and they, you know, they followed Jesus, they knew he was the Messiah mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But like this is weird, right? We fast, so like we're practicing the law, like we're doing what we're supposed to do. Like, but the disciples, they're not fasting. Jesus answered, "How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them?" So that it says the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. So his whole point is, this is a time of rejoicing right now. Like this is a time of basking in my presence while you have me. Like I'm here with with you right now. Like imagine if Jesus was in like with you on a day-to-day -day basis, which he is. But imagine if he was like physically with you on a day-to-day -day basis, helping you, you, like, you can go to him for questions. You can go to him to you know, ask for advice. I don't know, whatever you would do with Jesus, right? Be friends with him, right? So like, that's not a time for fasting. If you got God with you right then, then and there, like, like, why would you mourn? Why would you weep? Why would you, <laughs> why would you be sorrowful? Like you're with Jesus. You're not gonna be one to be with anybody else, right? So that was Jesus's whole point with verse 14 to 16. Now the part that's complicated is verse 16 to 17. So, well, yeah, go ahead. I want to just chime in with what you're saying, but you know, fasting is not just done when you're mourning. Mm. Fasting is when you're trying to get guidance and direction. Mm. Fasting is not, is not for God to get something to do something in and through you. Fasting is to where you can hear him. He hears you. Problem is, are you hearing him? And so it's it's more for guidance and direction. And you know, there are there now everything's done in a season. This wasn't their season to fast. This wasn't their season to fast. This was their season in a place of learning. They they were being mentored at this at this time. They were in school, so to speak. They were learning by Jesus. And Jesus said, No, they don't need to. They don't need to, to seek my face right now. I'm here with them. But when I'm no longer here, then it's going to require a different level of seeking. You understand? So what he's saying here is, is he saying, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, man, I, I really want to break this down. Just bear with me. But as go we go down into this a little deeper is we got to understand what Jesus, what his point is in all this. Okay. And he had two parallels here. He had the people that were in a relationship with him. And then he had the people that were caught up in the religious system. Both sides are, are in the scenario in this scenario that we're talking about in Matthew chapter nine. We had the religious folks and we had the spiritual folks here. Okay. The spiritual, the religious folks were doing all this stuff out of obligation for whatever reason, trying to win God's approval when they already had it. OK. 
And they did not understand that their religion can't save them. Okay. And Jesus was here. He is trying to, 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 to bring the revelation that you can't take old ways and expect new things. Okay. So when the, when the, when the John's disciples listen to me now, I like what Sean said a minute ago. You can only go as far as your leader. John had no clue about the Holy Spirit, had no clue about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, had no clue about the power of the Holy Spirit. All he knew was salvation. Mm. He was he was a good evangelist. He could get you saved. But he didn't know anything else to give you. So here we see the scenario of these, of these people, uh, John's disciples, who knew the most that they possibly could know, and they're running to the man who knows more, which was a good thing. And they said, why is it? I don't know about you, but I've been where these people are at. I'm one of those, if I if I got a question to ask, I'm going to ask it, and I want an answer for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I actually commend them for coming to Jesus in the first place and saying, hey, man, what's up? We're seeing this, we're seeing that. We were taught this, and we were taught that. Hey, give us some revelation here. We need some understanding. And he says that your your disciples, they you know, the Pharisees, they they fast often, you know, but why aren't your disciples? So listen to me. They didn't have, they didn't use John as their example. They didn't use Jesus as their example. They used the Pharisees. <laughs> ouch. Can you say ouch? <laughs> they were using what was the religious system became the example in which they wanted to emulate. Hey, just stop, stop. How that's our culture right now. The, yeah. These mega churches, these trends, new under all, the sun. It's all, all the, 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 the guitars and the loud music, yep. everything. And and you know what? Listen, I don't even think that's a bad thing to have yeah. guitars and loud music. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's about that. What mm-hmm. I think it is, it's about a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Because I can go into a place like that, and it doesn't matter if everyone around me is enjoying the concert. I'm enjoying the maestro. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying Jesus. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm using that music as a way to seg- segue my way into his presence. Okay. And we'll get into the meat here in, in just about a second here. Um, let me see here. You want to go to verse 16 and 17? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to come down. So he says, um, he says, uh, I can read it for you. Um, no man puts a new cloth onto an old garment. Mm-hmm. So, so what he's saying here is, I'm interested in the old man and making him into a new man so that he's no longer an old man, but now he's living the new man. So I'm not coming here to repair you. I'm coming here to make all things new. And there's a difference, and, and, and that's really important because what he's saying here is, I don't want you to like have the old brokenness and the old issues and the old stuff and stay the same. I don't want to just make you feel good on Sunday and the rest of the week you're being whipped up on. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want you to, to, to live in the old mentality, but yet be a saved man of God. I, I want all things to be new for you. So he's saying that no man puts. 
let me get this right here. Let me pull this up where I can see it. Um, somehow I jumped ahead. Okay. No man puts in a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. So what he's saying there is you can't take the, the old system of religion and apply it to a relationship in me. You know, I've read this many times. I've read it in many different contexts in my life. It's said many different things to me. Uh, for an example, one of the things it said to me at, at some point in my life when I read this, I'm not going to give my Holy Spirit and power to the old man. I'm going to, because if I gave you the power that I want to give you, it would destroy you. Because you don't know how to handle it. But when I have made you new, and I have given you newness of life, and you have that understanding, and you're walking in that, then when I put new wine inside of you, you'll be able to handle it without destroying yourself. That was one particular scenario that I remember in my life as I read this. But I also like what he said here in 15. He said, can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, from them and then they shall fast. You know, we all have that honeymoon season where we're, you know, growing in Christ. We're living our life. You know, we're enjoying the benefits of the gospel. But then what happens when something bad happens in our life? What happens when we don't feel God's presence with us at that moment? What happens when we're in the place of, of testing and trial? And we don't hear the voice of God right now. What, what do we do? How do we respond? How do we react? What do we do? What's our decisions like? What's our life looking like, you know? And he's saying, you know, then there's a time to fast. Now, church, I want to explain to you what, what biblical fasting is truly about. Because <laughs> I've heard many different people say many different things. Biblical fasting is abstaining from food. It is nothing else. It's not abstaining from Facebook. It's not abstaining from alcohol or pornography or whatever your thing is. It's, it's got nothing to do with that. Biblical fasting is abstaining from food. And the reason that that's important is because you, by abstaining from food, you're bringing your body unto subjection, unto the Holy Spirit's power, okay? And, and there's times of mourning in our lives, and I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen people fast in order to try to get God to move him to do something. That, that's, not, that's not what biblical fasting is. Biblical fasting, because God already wants to bless you. We already know that. God wants to heal you. He's our healer. God wants to do all the great things in your life that you're praying for him to do. He's already on board with that. The problem is, is we got to get in agreement with what he says that we can have. And we have to know the process in which God makes that happen. And we can't do that unless we're hearing from him. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, Smith Wigglesworth, founder of the Pentecostal Church. You ever read any of his um, stories or memoirs? Or you know, he talks about you know in his ministry that God used him mightily. He he resurrected a couple people from the dead. God used him to do that. God used him to heal multitudes of people. Okay. Never once did you ever hear Smith Wigglesworth said, "I did this" or "I did that." But one thing that really struck a chord in me when I was reading his, his autobiography 
he made a statement and he said this. He said, God never did the same thing the same way. And so when you think about that, we have all these people in our lives that try to give us these recipes to get God to do certain things in our life when God says, I'm not doing it that way. And then when the recipe doesn't work, we get all upset about it. Well, gee, I, I thought God, God doesn't work like that. And he doesn't work in your time frame. And he doesn't do things the way you want. He said, I'll give my glory to no man. And so the purpose of really deep heartfelt fasting is when I really, really, really got to hear from the Lord. Man, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm desperate right now. And I really need a word from you. I really need to make a good decision right now. And, and I'm scared that if I don't hear from you, I'm, I'm going to make the wrong choice, make the wrong decision, you know? And Jesus was really clear with his disciples is I don't want you to be like everybody else. I don't want you to be like the religious system. I don't want you to, to be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I don't want you to be like anybody but like me. And again, why is that important? Because everything he told us that we could have benefits us. And when it benefits us, it benefits him. You have to understand that going into this thing. Because if you don't, you're going to be really self-centered on this, okay? And we have we see it all the time. Verse 16, no man puts a, a piece of new cloth onto an old garment. I can't give you the, the things that I'm trying to give you, which is things that you've never known or heard of before. I can't give you my victory. I can't give you my life. I can't give you the newness of what I want to give you if you're staying the same. If it's the same you, but you know, and it's like I, like I told you earlier, you know, God does things in seasons, and God's doing things in me, doing things in Sean. They're not the same things doing in me that He's doing in Sean. He's not doing the same thing in other brothers that we know, the same way that He's doing them in us. All of our needs are different. All of our learning capacities are different. All of our growths are different. Thank God that he, that he deals with us on our level. But the point of this whole scripture is he's saying, look, I've got new things for you, but I can't put them in the old person. I, I can't have you depending on the religious system that you've depended on for so long and think that you can do the miracles that I do because religious system can't do it. The religious system is dead. There's no life in it. There's no power in it. There's no victory in it, and nothing's going to change. I can't put new wine in old wineskins. I can't put a patch, a new patch, onto an old wineskin. Why? Because if I put it in you, it's going to tear the rest of the of the wineskin apart. So listen, here's the revelation. Sorry, I want... Here's the revelation. Yeah. What is what was new? if not put into a new place, a new person, we'll destroy it. Come on, boy. Hmm. Yes, sir. I want to share that, like what you were saying. Like if you, if you think that it's a formula in order to get to know God, like, like for example, we look at, we, there's so many people we idolize like in the 
Christian faith and stuff like that. We want to, we essentially want what they got. We want the relationship that they have with God. We want like, we want the same stuff to happen for us that's happening for them, right? So like, we think it's a certain formula you gotta follow. So mm -hmm. like, like you were saying, uh, if you if you think like that, this is the result of it. Like Jesus is telling you, right, yeah. through this passage. Like this is what this passage means. This is the whole, what it's saying in verse 16 to 17, what Jesus is trying to tell to the John's disciples, right? And anybody else who thinks the same way. Like he's saying, if you think that, you know, doing the same old thing, the same old way is going to get you to me. Like <laughs> I'm doing a new thing. Because if you think that way, he said that, you know, the old ways essentially will pull away the garment, right? It will tear and make the garment worse than what it was before. And it's already an old garment that's, that's broken, right? God is doing a new thing every single day. His mm -hmm. mercies are new every morning. Like, <laughs> you know, like, even though he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, like, you know, there's a way that he operates and stuff like that. There's still, like, everybody, like Terry was saying, like, when it comes to your relationship with God, he's doing a new thing, right? The disciples had a relationship with God. They're with God right now. So this is a time of rejoicing, not fasting, right? So uh, yeah, let me let me get to the point though. It, it, it said that the skins will burst, right? Like wine, it will run out, it will be ruined. So how many people's lives, their relationship with God, the way their Christianity, whatever you wanna call it, like their relationship is ruined. Like, you know, like there's no relationship at all. Like, you know, like it, everything in life is getting worse. It, nothing is a, uh, it says it will run out, right? Jesus promised us in his word that, you know, you'll have life and life more abundantly. Like he said that you'll have the water of life, right? And in, in your belly, when the spirit comes upon you, in your belly shall flow out, what is it called, Terry? Rivers, rivers of, of living water. water. Yeah, like, and it's continual rivers of living water. Yeah. Like out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Like you'll never, this is the only thing that's going to satisfy you. We live off this water, so it won't run out. It will never run dry, right? So like, this is the relationship that the disciples had with Jesus. And this is what they realized. This is why they didn't have to fast, because they had so much joy overflowing inside of themselves when they were with Jesus. In that right? season, in that season. Yeah, in that season, right? And, yeah. so, uh, and so when Jesus was away, what did they have to do? Fast, so yeah. that they could focus because I, I never really fasted before, but I know that you do it to focus, right? To get exactly. rid of the distractions yep. and to put yourself in that situation that the disciples are in. This is yes. what everybody, every Christian is yearning for, to be with Jesus, right? To be in, in that communion with him so that you can hear from him and receive the blessing that you're looking for. That's right. right? Yep. Be like Jacob wrestling with God, fighting for it, right? And, to, and you're holding on to Jesus saying, and holding on to God, telling him, like, I'm not letting go until you bless me, right? Then, if you do this, man, like, if you do this right here, then it will persevere. Whatever you're going through will yeah. persevere, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I will help you through it. So that's the yeah. text. Like, <laughs> yeah. I well, want I want to, you know, I just want to say that, you know, um, fasting, the reason you fast, the reason it's food is because you're bringing your flesh under submission. So I, I don't know. I mean, anyone who's ever fasted understands what I'm saying. But when you when you fast, you your body's screaming for the first three days is the toughest part of it. And, you know, I've done 21 day fast. I usually do them like once every new year. Um, 
But anyway, I'm in, in throughout the year as the Lord leads. But and then, you know, you might do a three day fast. You might do a seven day fast, whatever the Lord's leading you to do. But fasting brings your flesh under submission. If you have a particular struggle that you're having with your flesh, because I mean, look, we see the whole world being driven by flesh every day. Oh, my goodness. How many of us know emotional people, man? And they're just um, they're just wrecks. Because they're so driven by whatever's going on in their life at the time, it determines how their mood's going to be for that day. They're just so driven by, and there's no relationship in that, guys. It, ladies, it's it's all about it's all about religion. I, I'm going in, you know, I'm going in on Sunday, and I'm going to, you know, make myself known, and I'm going to, you know, hallelujah and shout with the best of them. But when I walk back out the door, I'm done. And that's not relationship. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this context. Is he saying, listen, I can't give you new stuff in old wineskins. Isn't it interesting that Sean was talking about living water, but he also turned water into wine. And, you know, um, you know, and you got to understand that when Jesus was talking parables, he was talking in the context that, that he was speaking spiritual truths with simple examples that people in that time could really understand okay so he's like look, look i'm not going to put a piece of new cloth in other words oh my goodness thank you holy spirit he's not going to just give you a fix for that day he's not just going to give you the the ability to be repaired for now a new cloth uh putting a, a new patch on an old wine skin was basically a patch for that day or two but when when time went on and pressure built inside that that wineskin and the old old man or, or the old wineskin started to burst the, the only thing that, that was stable on it was the new part the patch but the patch was so driven into the old person that it literally ripped the old person apart or ripped mm. the old old wineskin apart because the wineskin would want to flex and, and go beyond the boundaries that the new patch wouldn't allow it to do. Like like the Holy Spirit brings us into a place of submission and he's expecting us to be obedient, but we choose not to be. And so we, we, we fall apart. Our life starts to fall apart because we're not obeying the Holy Spirit, the patch. But I love that we serve a God who comes in and says, listen, I, I, I don't want to just patch you up. I want to make you new. Mm. I want you to be new. So that I can put something inside of you that's going to be greater than anything you've ever known or experienced before. So that you're not, not only going to be changed within you, but I'm also going to use you to change others. Man, man that makes me feel like shouting right now, Sean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it does. Um, I am thankful, Sean. That we don't serve a God that just fixes us for today. It just doesn't put a patch on me. It, I, oh, thank you. I just got another revelation. Check this out. This is what the Holy Spirit just told me. He said, the patch is the old system. It's the patch. The patch is when they used to do the sacrifices, the animal sacrifices, when when they used to try to 
you know, all that religious stuff. That's, that's the patch. The patch doesn't have the ability to make anything new. It, it represents the Mosaic law. It represents all that stuff, the Levitical priesthood law. It represents all that old stuff that Jesus said, hello, I came to fulfill it. We're not, we're not, we're not going to keep doing this now. We're going to do this the right way. I'm here now. Um, not only, you know, the patch was good for a season, but the patch isn't good for eternity. The patch is good for a season, but the patch can't make you whole and can't keep you whole because eventually you're going to fall apart because you can't live up to the standards of what the patch requires. So Jesus came on the scene and said, I'm making all things new. Man, man, I don't know about you. I feel like shouting right now. I feel like dancing, man. Because now I have a full understanding that he's not leaving me alone. He's not leaving me the same. He's not going to quit messing with me, man. I'm just so thankful that God, I say it all the time whenever I preach. I say, God, thank you that you don't quit messing with me. Thank you. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm, I'm I'm uncontrollable at times. I know that my flesh gets the best of me sometimes. But it's not who I am and it's not where I stay. I thank God that he just didn't put a patch on my life. He made me new. And now I can carry that wine, that victory, that power, that anointing, that presence, that joy, that peace. And give it away. Um, so we look at this other verse here. 9.17 says, Neither does men put new wine into old, old bottles. So at, the, at this first part, 9.16, he's talking about we don't put a patch on an old garment. And then on 17, he's saying, look, we don't even put new wine in old bottles, old, old, break, old wine skins. Because what does wine do? Wine expands, especially when it's fermenting, especially when it's still brewing. And it's still got a little bit of sugar left in it. It's continuing to create a combustible gas. It will literally blow the wine skin if it hasn't completely matured yet. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think we're about to get another revelation. And, and that's what it does. So it needs to be in something that can grow with it. The new wine skin hasn't completely been saturated with the wine juice yet. It's still new. It's still able to be strong enough to contain what's inside of it. It's still strong enough to take and absorb the moisture of that wine into the wine skin. It doesn't bust and it's able to expand and contract with it because it hasn't grown weak. It's, it's a perfect example of someone who has been born again, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, and now walks in power. I, I mean, I know what it's like to live a powerless life, you know? And I think it's amazing that, that when, you, when you really tap into the truths of the gospel and you receive the Holy Spirit, Acts 1.8, and you're able to um, flow and grow with the Holy Spirit and mature with the Holy Spirit. It takes you to a whole nother level, baby. 
that takes you to a whole nother level. But I think the greatest takeaway that we could take away tonight is God wants to take away the old man and bring about the new man. He wants to be out with the old and in with the new. I think this is a very, I think this person, whoever this is that asked this question, because I think it's very relevant to what, where we are right now. This is January, 2023. This is all about new seasons. This is about new things. Oh, how great would it be for somebody to really get the revelation of what we're talking about tonight and all things become new to them. Now God has another warrior that he can use in this fight against the devil in the pits of hell. <clears throat> you can see all the people hurting all around us. We can see all the politicians struggling. We can see all this chaos and madness. People killing each other, raping each other. I mean, just all the, the mayhem that is going on in this world today. There's only one hope, people. And his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus the Christ. The complete Christ. Who came and died and suffered for each one of us. Rose again the third day. So that those that believe in him and receive him into their hearts and life never have to live the same. I'm hoping that the person that asked this question gets the revelation of what we're saying tonight and um, understands that sometimes we have to unlearn in order to learn. Sometimes we have to let go to certain things or people in order to have new things. Quit putting faith in the old man. Quit putting faith in the old patch. Quit putting faith in the old things and the old system. Quit putting faith in your own works and your own ability to live up to what God demands in our lives, holiness and righteousness. Quit it. Quit depending on yourself to live up to those things and understand there's only one way. My Terry Phillips message has never changed because in my life, my experience has been that the only way I could ever walk in victory is through one word. And it's called surrender. I tried telling a brother of mine about this the other day and he just didn't want to hear it. Oh, well, you know, God this and God that, and we're sinners and we don't have the power to do anything. Yes, we do. That's a cop-out. That is a cop-out. <laughs> That's an excuse. We have to make the decision to surrender. I can't make you a new wineskin until you surrender the old wineskin. Quit asking me for a patch. And ask me for everything. Man. That's some good stuff, Sean. Hey, Before I forget, <coughs> you know how John 2. It's John chapter 2. I think it was like the first miracle Jesus ever did, right? When he yep. Yep. created more wine for the wedding. Mm -hmm. yep. When they were out of wine. And his mother was like, we need more wine, Jesus. He said, it's not the time. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He ended up doing it, right? Yeah. So the whole point of this passage, right, is nobody can make wine like Jesus, right? So no. nobody can make any, everybody, self-improvement books, motivational stuff, inspirational stuff, it sells, right? So 
everybody's looking for that, like to be their better selves. They're be a better self than what they were yesterday. Yeah. Most people I would say want that, right? Yeah. So they're looking to reach their highest and fullest potential and reach their best, right? Only Jesus can help you to do that. Like right. nobody can help you to do it more than Jesus can. And this is what he did for the disciples. And this is what he could do for you. And this is what he's saying in the in the text right now. Like he's here. He's with you. So his word is his word, his spirit, it's all at your disposal right now. You can yeah. utilize it. Right. And if you do, he's going to help you become a new man, man. You're going to reach your highest and your fullest potential because that's what God wants for all of us to be everything that we are in Christ for the church, for the community, for our families, for mm -hmm. everybody. Right. Because right. that's the only way to really expand and build the kingdom of God. Right. That's the only way to experience heaven here on earth is if we're, we are the Christ that everybody needs. Because we're all called to be representatives of him and ministers of him, right? Called to be just like him, right? Because, you know, a father, a son is no different than his father at the end of the day, right? A teacher, a student is no different than their teacher, right? A servant is no different than their master. So what do you think if you're a child of God, right? A, a servant of the Lord, like what you going to be like? You know what I'm saying? So like, I like what Terry said, you know, God never does the same thing in the same way. And he doesn't want that for any of us on a day-to-day -day basis. How many people live in the past and live on their past testimonies? And most people, I would even say, I'll even go this far to say, most people live off that one day they were saved and they met the Lord and that's it. Like God's doing a new thing. Every single day it should be a test leading yeah. to another testimony so that that's you get even more strength and confidence about how mm -hmm. good God has been. So the old skins is turn away completely from who you were yesterday. Turn away completely from your failures and your mistakes and your hardships and everything that's bad in your past because you're not your past. You're not mm -hmm. your mistakes. You're not your failures. Those are old skins and God wants to give you a new skin. Like, come on, you're born again, right? Come on, boy. You're <laughs> preaching. Born again, a new creation, a new creature. Come on, a new man. So you can't you can't be more focused on the law. I, I really, I really enjoy you getting on fire because hold on, I'm getting a call or something. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Like but this. um, what I was gonna say was I enjoy seeing you get on fire because boy, you get the so intense look on your face. You be all <laughs> and I can just tell when you go into that zone that you're getting it, you're you're hearing and you're tenacious yeah. about it. You're you're passionate about it. I love that about you, man. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't know anything I, about those classes. Like honestly, until you talked about it. Now I just see everything. <laughs> just from everything you said. Yeah, I'm really. I mean, really, really, Sean. It's it's really, you know, I, there's nothing new, man. The same stuff that was going on back then, going back, you know, all the way in Abrahamic times. You know, the same stuff was going on back then and is still going on now man and humanity hasn't learned anything <laughs> they still haven't learned you know that's one thing that that's one place i really don't want to be i don't want to live a continual day and never learn from the mistakes of the past right. you know what i mean we've all got mistakes we've all got a past we all have things that we're ashamed of and don't want to talk about and but the truth is, man, Jesus died for each and every one of those things. And once we understand that, he liberates us so that we can go on and liberate other people, man. 
Can I can I just tell everybody it ain't even about you, man? It's it it is about you, but it ain't all about you. Yeah. It's all about him, and it's all about them. That's our job. Our job is to reach them yeah. for him because he reached us through somebody else. Man, that's some good preaching, man. Hey, let me turn off this passage. Like, I got one more thing, Terry, and that's it. Like, I want, like, this is really talking about being born again, too. Like, being a new creation, being a better self than what you were yesterday. Like, every single day you should be improving and not be taking steps back, right? Mm -hmm. So the backsliding Christian thing, like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. Let's be real. But mm -hmm. you don't live by, you're not defined by your your, your mistakes, Defined yeah. by what you do on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, just keep on moving forward, man. Moving yeah. forward, that's in the Christian song. But anyways, born again, it says, I was going to say, based on everything you said, Terry, you can't be more focused on the law. So you can't be more focused on, like, the rituals, the routine, like, yeah. even mm -hmm. the ministry. Like, just those tedious tasks that you got for Christianity and what God calls you to do. You can't be focused on all that. Like, more than you're focused on the relationship. And that's what... That's a revelation, actually. My 30th birthday, like, I'm worried about, like, my ministry, like, how successful is it? Like, me too. I was talking with Terry about it. Yes. I was talking about, like, how basically I ain't glowing up. Like, where, where are the likes? Where are the followers? Like, where's the ministry? Like, that's we having a mega church, like, Pastor Furtick and all that. It's not about that. Like, what it's about is my relationship with Christ. Like, how am I doing? Right? Because if you can't, if you can't be faithful in what you're doing now, then you'll never be faithful in those other places you want to go to. Right. And if, if, if God said, Hey, this is what I've got for you for the rest of your life. Could you be content with that? And would you do it? That's what, that's where the line in the sand really comes down to is if it's about you or if it's really about him, if it's about him and building the kingdom, Lord, whatever that is, if you never, ever let anyone see my face let me tell you something sean and church that's listening to this broadcast right now you know who the most powerful people are in the kingdom right now do you know who who's probably going to get the most rewards at the end of this thing when we stand in front of christ for judgment let me tell you who it is <laughs> it ain't stephen furtick it ain't td jakes they're great men of god I'm not saying they're not but they ain't gonna be the ones it's going to be the little old ladies that sat down on their knees with pain in their knees, knowing that it was hard for them to sit there and do it. Sacrifice their own life to pray for people like us so that we could get into the kingdom, so that we could be the oracles and the mouthpieces for the kingdom of heaven to the lost to see them do the same thing. But those we're going to be surprised at those little old ladies who are no longer old ladies in heaven walking down the aisle, probably doing backflips, getting those crowns that were going, good gracious, I ain't never heard of that woman. What'd she do to get so many crowns? You know? Seriously, that, listen, that's what separates the sold out from the yeah. ones who are still struggling. Right. So, yeah, that's the whole point of this. Because, because Sean, one more thing, and I'll, and I'll let you talk. His plan for you is greater than where you are right now. Mm -hmm. But if you got to be faithful where you are now, 
so he can take you where he wants to. He's not going to leave you here. He's not that kind of God, man. But if he asked you to, would you do it? Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you can do anything if Christ is there with you, helping you do it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, the disciples had Christ with them. Like, so they had all they needed. They didn't need to fast. They didn't add anything to it. They got what they need, like, to get them through anything, right? So no matter what they were called to do, they still had they still had Jesus to go back to, right? Through the hurt, through the pain and all that stuff. So like, like we all do now. Yeah. And so it's a relationship. Like that's what this passage is for me. Yeah. Like Jesus is questioned about fasting. Mm -hmm. Who's greater than fasting? Right. Yeah. Everybody's focused on the practice, like that, the, the discipline, like doing, reading the Bible, even like, you know, listening to a sermon, like more people are focused on knowledge, like being right with a text, like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. even with our video, somebody can be like nitpicking, like, oh, hey, miss this. It ain't about that. It's about relationship, right? It's about mm -hmm. where are you with God? Where are you with Jesus? Like, are you yeah. in the right moment? Like you said, in the if you're in, in that season, you don't want to be in or you do want to be in. Are you content? The disciples were content. They didn't have to add nothing. They had to try anything else. They were just going to do whatever Jesus said. So that's what I we, mean. Yeah. They were hearing from God. They were with him. Yeah. There wasn't no point of fasting. Right. They, that's what he's saying. He said, when I'm gone and they don't have my physical voice with them anymore, then they're going to fast. Right. Then they're going to seek my face. Then they're going to mean business with me because mm -hmm. they're going to see what life is like away from me. Mm, what a video, man. You yeah. know, you've been with me. You've seen what I can do. Mm -hmm. You've seen what I'm about. You've enjoyed it. Hey, my gosh, man, I'm on fire right now. I'm feeling good. But what happens when opposition comes? What happens when you don't feel him right now? That's when it's time to fast and pray and seek his face. God, I mean business with you. You know, there's a difference when somebody fasts and prays for the voice of God and the direction of God. I, <laughs> I always tell people, God doesn't allow testing and trials so that he can see what we're going to do because he already knows. God allows testing and trials so that we can see what we're going to do. It's for us. It ain't for him. He already knows. If he already knows the day you're going to die, he already knows what you're going to do in your life. He already knows all things. Do you not think he knows? He doesn't know. He already knows if you can pass a test or not. But you don't. He said, you don't know what manner of evil you are. You don't know what's inside of you. I commit myself to no man because I know what's in them. They don't. So I have to seek his face in certain situations in my life because I know it's the only way that I can get the answers that I need. It should, I like that. I like what you said up there. Yeah, just to show us where we are. You're right. That's exactly right. To show us where we are. So that we know areas of our life that we need to surrender in, right? So it's all about surrender, right? We talked about that. I, hey, how many of you know you can surrender a couple places in your life and not surrender all of your life? Well, God, I'm willing to surrender this, but I ain't surrendering that. Oh, no, I'm keeping that. Oh, no, God, you ain't taking that from me. That's mm -mm, We're going to deal with that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
So it's about understanding. Man, I like what he said. He said, no greater love than this, than a man to lay down his life for his friends. He was talking about his own ministry. Yeah. He said, look, I'm going to show you the greatest exhibition of my love, and I'm going to lay down my life for you. How many of us are laying our lives down for other people? And I'm not talking about in a physical sense. I'm talking about those little old ladies that get down on their hands and knees and pray. Pray for their pastors, their churches, their grandchildren, their children, their husbands. If you want to know what true sacrifice for the ministry of the kingdom of heaven is, that's it, baby. It doesn't get any more than that. When we start to really seek our seek God's face in our in our own life, yes, unselfish prayers, God will show us what we need to know to get the victory that He died to give us. I, I, I man, I don't know. I was sitting there meditating the other night, the other day in the Lord. I get up like three, two, three, four in the morning every day, seven days a week. I just, I just do. And um, I've been doing it for years. Sit in my living room in my chair and get my Bible and pray early in the morning before I even leave the house. And it's just, I don't know. It's like the Lord had quickened in my spirit that more a uh, couple mornings ago about how he feels about the negativity of man, the the unbelief. Um and I, I mean I mean I instantly just started to to just weep, you know, because I was like, God, I don't want to be like that. You know, I'm not saying I want to, that I'm better than anyone else. Cause I'm certainly not. I'm probably the, the biggest sinner that's on this page right now. You have no, no idea of my background, but what I am saying is, is those morning special times when I get to spend time with him and he gets to show me parts of myself, man, mm, that's the greatest opportunity to grow. To not only grow within yourself, but to grow in him. And, and to seek his face even harder than you ever did before. You know, I, I want to speak to somebody right now. I just feel led to speak to and just tell you, if you're watching this right now, man, and you're like, you're, you're like man, Terry, I've, I've struggled for so long, man. You know, I'm, I'm just not even sure if God really even cares about me anymore. You know what? I want you to stop trying to think things through. I want you, emotions are the biggest threat to faith. Because if we live by our emotions, we'll never, ever be able to live by faith. Faith is not ruled by emotions. It's ruled by a knowing in who he is and what he can do and what he is doing in your life. When you understand who he is and who he is to you and what he's doing in your life, there's nothing that can stop you from achieving everything in Christ Jesus. You're a dangerous person to the kingdom of hell. I've got a real good friend of mine right now. He's a biker buddy of mine. And he writes these devotionals every day. And he's he's met a lot of opposition in that, you know, by other Christians. How many of you know some of the cruelest people you'll ever meet will be other Christians? <laughs> and he got pretty discouraged about it, you know. 
And I asked him, I said, is that what God told you to do? And he said, yeah. I said, then just do it and get your emotions out of it. It's not even about you, man. It is not about you. It is not about what people think, what they say. It is not about you. You have now become a living sacrifice. Isn't that what he said to do in Romans 12? Present ye your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is what? Your reasonable service. In other words, that's the least that you should do. But you'll never do it until you are out with the old and in with the new. It's impossible, man. As long as you're walking in the old life, the old thinking, the old ways, the old patterns, the old ideas, the old perceptions, the old junk. I call it junk because that's exactly what it is then you'll never be able to usher in the new. And it starts with you getting your emotions and feelings under check. I'm not saying you can't feel. I'm not saying you can't think. I'm not saying that you can't even have an opinion. And there's nothing sinful about any of that. But what I am saying is, you cannot let that dictate your life and how you do business with people. Man, that's some good preaching. Hey, Sean, we're not even going to take a, 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 a an offering tonight, are we? <laughs> we need to. I love to just tell people, and hey, this this what we're giving you. We're not even charging you for it. It's completely free. Yeah, freely get, freely receive, freely give, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, I just, I'm just so. I'm just so tired of the old stuff, man. Um, I mean, I've been through a lot, man. And some of the, some of my takeaways are from, you know what? I'm content, you know, especially in today's day and time. I mean, really think about this for a minute. Look at all the people that we see in the, the spotlight in society today, the movie stars, uh, most certainly all the preachers, mm-hmm. everybody's looking for a scandal. Everybody's looking for something to tear them down. I mean, movie stars for years. I mean, look at them. They're falling like flies from scandal after scandal. Preachers falling down, scandal after scandal. Man, people, it's just, if you if you can go down to the corner store when you go shopping in Walmart and speak to two people and just encourage them, you know, it, it, it. most people have heard the gospel, but if you could just go in there and encourage somebody with the gospel, man, you're, you're helping, you're helping build the kingdom more than you'll ever know. Yeah. Just be, be, be content where you are and know that God's not going to leave you there. My message for tonight is out with the old and in with the new. Right. Yeah, we're going to end this video because we got an hour now. But last thing I want to say, just based on what Terry said, is everybody, most people, actually, we're all sinners. So we're all doing this, right? A lot of times in life, we miss the opportunity to grow, right? We miss the opportunity to really become our best and highest self, whatever you want to call it, right? And we do that because we're so focused and occupied on what we want or what we're used to or like, 
how things always is done for us. So this is all I know. Like it could be working at a job you hate, like, you know, and you've been work you've been there for 20 years. You only saw yourself working there for six months. But you know, you're just trying to do a new thing, but you're not listening, right? You're not yeah, you're not really spending time with him to fit to see the vision and to hear what he has to say to you so you can walk in that path, right? So like like Terry said, you know, some people aren't willing to surrender, you know, that job or surrender their marriage or surrender fasting, right? Like uh, John's disciples, when they asked them, asked Jesus this question, you know, why do we fast, but your disciples don't, right? So some people aren't willing to surrender speaking in tongues or something, you know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. while Jesus is right there in front of you, so I want to give you guys an analogy. Like if Jesus was physically in front of you right now, would you still fast and speak in tongues, even preach? Like if Jesus is right there with you, in front of you, right? Or are you going to enjoy his presence? Utilize that blessing. And that's what it is every single day. Jesus is in your presence. He's in your midst. He's right there with you through the Holy Spirit. So are you going to utilize that or not? Right. It's your choice. So out with the old. And with the new, every single day you get this opportunity to spend time with Jesus, <laughs> have a little talk with Jesus to make it everything all right, man. So all the Jesus I surrender. That's what I told you my word of the year is for my 30th year of life is surrender. I'm surrendering it all to Jesus. So instead Amen. of fasting, preaching, you know, being a successful minister and all that stuff, I'm going to keep on tolling. Don't get it twisted. But I'm going to keep on utilizing my spiritual gifts and everything like that. But I'm going to make sure I'm right with Jesus. I'm going to make sure I focus on my relationship first. You know, I'm yeah. gonna help y'all out, but I gotta worry about me and Jesus too. You yeah. know, so that's the text, right? So I yeah. pray everybody was blessed by it. All right, so yep. you guys, you guys know the drill, the drill. All right, so here goes my social media pages. All right, so go follow all of them. Uh, turn on the post notifications so you know when I post or tweet or whatever I do. Those are all my social media pages, and then also uh, again on my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. I also have a podcast on every podcast platform, but I have amazing playlists on there. I have a lot, and this covers everything we covered in this video. So I have a questions of a day of the day playlist. So if you go to that YouTube, uh, if you go to my YouTube channel, go to this playlist, you can see all the questions I answered on social media. I have another playlist and it does questions of the day as well, but it's like questions from social media. So that's actually the playlist. We got way more videos than this on there. I don't know why I showed that one, but anyways. So any of my sermons and Bible studies and talks that I've done with Terry or Justin on the book of Matthew, you, you'll find it on this playlist on my YouTube channel, Upward Past Crossroads. And then same thing with Matthew chapter nine. That's what we covered today. Matthew chapter nine, verse 14 to 17. So you can check all the sermons and Bible studies and uh, all the discussions we did on that. And then also I have a playlist on Terry. So anytime Terry came on my YouTube channel, I have a playlist of all the videos we did. So if you love this video and was really blessed by it, you know, check out that playlist on my YouTube channel as well. It'll also be in the description of this video whenever I get time to do it because I did too many videos this week. And then also, this is Terry's YouTube channel. Subscribe to this. Turn on post notification so you know when he uploads another video. This is his Facebook page uh, for his ministry right here. So befriend him on there. Like all his video, all his videos and his uh, posts that he posts. And then this is his Facebook page, Terry uh, J. Phillips. All right. So I was about to say Terry Lee Howe. But anyways, guys, <laughs> that's the video, man. <laughs> you got how on your mind. Right. <laughs> right. Any closing words, Terry? You good? Man, I just, I just want to just say his victory is our victory all the time. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. God bless everybody. Happy New Year again. <laughs>